So I had just finished a set in a club in the Billington neighborhood of Chicago. And this guy comes up to me and he's just one of these guys with like gelled his hair with fucking semen sauce. And he asks me if all my jokes stem from some past experiences in my life, you know? And I'm just like, fuck you, because he just expects that since I spew nonsense out of my face hole for a living, funny things must happen to me on a more regular basis than, say, just some casserole like him. And I thought on that, and I assume that most comics probably do base their jokes on some sense of reality and past experiences. But even that, that's just not enough, of course, because nothing that happens to anybody is really that funny. Maybe it's funny to the person this thing is happening to, like, even if it's fucking die-hard hilarious, but to everyone else, it's probably just fucking shit. But fucking comics, they know how to add a dash of humor and a dollop of sarcasm and a cum shot of immaturity. And now a trip to the Minute Clinic is a fucking 10-minute laugh riot for assholes sitting in the ill-let ex-whore house of a comedy club. So this guy is staring at me, fucking sperm swimming in his scalp, and I'm just like, no, you fucking asshole. There isn't even a Billington neighborhood in Chicago. I've never performed a set or gone to a fucking club. Jesus Christ. No, I just fucking lied to you think I could just recite my day and get you to crack anything but a fart? Like, fuck you, you made-up sperm-haired jackass. So anyways, lying is strange. I love to lie. People close to me, they know this. They're like, George, you're a pathological liar. You should go see somebody about that, a specialist. Like, what? A specialist? Like, you just agreed I'm a fucking liar. I'll just tell you I fucking went. And even if I did, I don't need to go to a hospital and fill out some goddamn forms, which I'll lie on, of course, and wait for a doctor to come into the lying treatment room and stick a glove on his hand and stick a finger up my asshole and ask, does that feel good? And I'll be like, what? No. And he'll be like, just as I thought, pathological liar. Like, no, I'm fine. I know I lie and I like to lie. And you know I lie. Like, fuck you, get over it. But the problem with my line is that it gains nothing for no one. Mine's okay, you know, if it helps somebody. If it, if it helps somebody, fucking lie away. Like, I have a friend, and he dated this girl for, like, a fucking long time. Like, from the time where he had no pubic hair to the point where his pubic hair started getting all wiry and some little gray wispy ones started popping up like he was dating her that long and he was going to be an asshole and fucking ask her to marry him and like the day before he pops the question the fucking bitch murders herself straight up dead my friend fucking like takes it all hard and cries a bunch and stuff and i'm like oh yeah too bad i'm so sorry Anyways, his murdering dead girlfriend has been in hell for years now, and he calls me up recently, and he's like, hey, come out with me and meet my new girlfriend. And I'm like, no. And he's like, no, it'll be fun. And I'm like, 
I don't, I know, I don't think it will be. And he's like, ha ha. And then, yeah, and he's like, yeah, just meet me in the club that we like so much in Billington. And so I'm like, okay. And I go there and I meet up with him. And he just looks like he's been crying for years. Probably has been. His eyes are permanently turned to a pathetic shade of inflamed red. And he smiles at me, but he's not really smiling because his fucking girlfriend of no pubes to old pubes is dead. And she's still dead and he's still sad. And he's like, oh man, I can't wait for you to meet my new girlfriend. She's so amazing. And I've been having such a hard time meeting anybody since that murder bitch murdered her own stupid face. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's too bad, but I'm, I'm happy for you. He's like, thanks, but I, I really think this new girl, I think she's the one. And I'm like, okay, yeah, neat. Right after he says this, I see the crowd in the club part, and the lights all shimmer down to one focal point. My friend, he issues a queef from out of his mouth, and he's like, oh, there she is. And through this crowd walks a fucking six-foot dildo with googly eyes, there's no other way to describe such a beast. Like, she wasn't semi-decent to look at. She wasn't a semi-decent-looking dildo. You know how some dildos and some peni are, like, pretty and smooth and they could be considered pleasant on the eyes? Yeah, no, this she-beast looked like she was one of those lumpy, overly-ribbed-for-her-pleasure-colossal-plastic mistakes. And she pushes her way through the crowd, which is actually people throwing themselves into the walls to avoid her. She plops down on the seat, and there comes a sound from the seat of the weight of her ploppage. And my friend and her, they kiss, and I'm like, hi. And for like two hours, I listen to this dildoic creature buzz and vibrate, and I get no substance from what she's spewing, because she's like, she's hideous. And my friend with his red-lined eyes is, like, smiling at her. But it's the way you smile at someone when you, when you kind of care about the conversation. But you really have to take a shit. And so it's so bad. And you're pretty sure that there are little nuggets of shit coming forth from your butthole like a popcorn maker. So you're just smiling. But, oh, my God, you're shitting my pants. So his popcorn is popping. And she's spewing nonsense. And I'm just like, this blows. And finally, she's like, I have to go to the powder room. And I was just like, okay. And she like went off to change her double A batteries or something. My friend is like, so yeah, right? And I'm like, right, yeah. Because I know if I tell the truth and reveal to him that his new mashing mate is actually a phallic chunk of plastic with brown and yellow dried cum bits all over, he'd probably not survive the night. Like, he would murder himself. He'd probably murder that she-beast beforehand, which would probably be an okay thing to happen, but I don't know if I can necessarily be responsible for that. And then he would kill himself. But I knew that in that moment, so I was like, no, she's a keeper. You can tuck her away in the upper drawer of your bedside table and spend the life with her. So I spared him his life and unfortunately hers with that lie. So that's an instance where lying is an acceptable thing for the greater good of another.
can also lie for the greater good of yourself, too. Like this one time I was at a club in the Billington neighborhood, and I saw this girl, and she saw me, and we flirted, and I bought her a drink, and we got our own little cozy booth, and we started talking. And after a while, she's just really getting into the conversation, and she finally asks, how big? And I'm just like, oh shit. And I was just like, what? What are you talking about? She's like, your dick, how big is it? I was like, well, that's pretty straightforward, you fucking bitch. And she was like, no, just, just tell me. So I haven't had sex in so long that I cry about it every night when I think about it and touch myself. And so I'm like, I gotta, I gotta lie because if she knew, she wouldn't come home with me. So I'm just like, so big. And she's like, no, no, give me like a measurement. And I was just like, oh, I don't measure. Which is a fucking lie. Every guy measures. Like, don't fucking lie to yourself or this girl at the Billington Club. Maybe, you know, like the Jesus freaks and stuff, or maybe they say they haven't. They probably haven't measured the ruler. The ruler is the big thing there that Jesus isn't okay with. Like the number. You know, that's what Jesus frowns on. But these guys, you know, that haven't, that, that haven't measured, they just they take something around the house that they know the rough guesstimate of inches and they're just like oh yeah so my dick is as big as a baby carrot or my dick is as big as a fucking pencil or something and so i'm one of these douchebags that no i uh, know i don't know i've never measured and this girl's like no you have and i was like no i, I definitely haven't in reality i know the point pi inch square that it goes down to so i think on my feet so here's the key to answering that question, is you have to give them a reference that they know that they've come in contact with over the years, but they can't necessarily just pull a, its approximate weight and size and girth like out of thin air. So I was like, yeah, well, if you need to know, I'm as big as a Suave Essentials shampoo bottle. And her face just falls. And I was like, oh shit, not big enough. And I was just like, you know, give or take a few. Because I know that she's held a Suave Essentials shampoo bottle or even conditioning bottle, like, in her life. And her face is just continually getting sadder and sadder. And I'm just like, oh, shit. And she's just, like, shaking her head. And I'm like, what? And she's like, well, I once had a boyfriend with a nine-inch penis, and it didn't fit. I was like, no, no. Like, my lie just killed my chances to do this, girl, and stop crying. And I was just like, wait, did you think I meant, like, the normal size? And she's looking at me like I'm a fucking idiot. And I'm just like, I meant, like, the travel size. I don't pay $3. I just get the 99 cent ones. And she was like, oh. Then her face gets kind of the other opposite sad. And I'm like, well, it's not as small as that she's like oh okay and so she smiles and i like wipe my brow Phew, got over that and so i am like all excited and my little mini travel size shampoo bottle in my pants is excited and at the end of the night i pay for drinks and we get to the club door and i'm like all right dude you want to come to my place and she's like no and i was like oh and i was like oh is it that and I point down to her 
vagina area. And I'm like, this is that time? And she was like, no, it's not my time. And I was like, oh, so you just don't want to have sex with me? And she was like, kind of, but maybe some other time. And I was like, oh, okay. And she gives me her number. And then for weeks, we text and we talk on the phone a few times and we kind of start hanging out at clubs. And finally, one night after we we're at that same club in Billington. She's like, all right, let's let's make love. And right there, I was just like, I should have just known that not just go, let's make love. Right there should have been my warning sign just to call it off. Because I hate when people reference sex as making love. Because that's not making love. Getting my small and gushy and prickly and hairy penis into your stinky vagina that's like wrapped up like a burrito and all its stinky flesh and then like mashing them together for a few seconds until both or at least one creates some disgusting substance that goes everywhere and like can maybe create a baby like that's disgusting that's the farthest thing from love you definitely don't make it in that act and so i was just like ugh, because you know like, true making love is, like, like, I've been dating this girl for, a lot, like, years, and now making love is not sex, but it's being able to go into the bathroom after she's been in there and just instantly be overcome by the smell of her shit she just took, and you can smell the Taco John's potato lays that you both shared the night before, and you open up the little toilet seat and you see remnants of her shit still floating and waving up at you and by the time that you decide well i still need to take a shit so you plop down and your shit particles in the air are starting to mix into one and you start thinking potato lays sound kind of good right now and then you can come out of the bathroom and immediately see her and still want to have sex with her like, that is the making love. You just made love. You inhaled her shit, and she's a part of you now. And that is really where love is made. Anyways, I say, yeah, let's go back to my place and make sweet, sweet, tender love. And she's like, okay. So we get back to my place and we turn off the lights, and it's been so long since that initial meeting and that initial question of size that she's taking off her shirt and panties and I'm unbuttoning my pants and I remember that I had promised at least a travel size shampoo bottle and I don't have a travel size shampoo bottle and I'm freaking out I'm like oh shit I have to go to the bathroom and I go into my bathroom and I rummage through my cabinets and find a travel shampoo bottle and I get it down next to my penis and I'm like oh kind of give or take but then I realized that I'm fine anyways, because it's been so long, and we've both invested so much time and emotion into this final act of making love that even if it's well below what she's hoping for, she'll just still say yes, because it's been so long. She's invested. So I go out with my underpants down, and my mass is massive and girthy as I can get it and she looks at it and she's like you lied to me I'm like yeah I know and she's like I and she starts putting her clothes back on and I was like please and she was like 
well, okay, and then we start having sex, and I'm thrusting, and moaning, and smiling, and pumping my fist in the air, and she's crying, and it's weird to be on the other side of those tears, but she didn't cry for long, because after a few moments, I came, and it went everywhere, and her vagina started to look like a wet tortilla again, and it was that awkward when you lied to me, but I still had sex with you, and it wasn't good sex, so she just got dressed and left. But still an instance where lying is okay, because it benefited you. So anyways, I really like to lie. You do when you do the hot I said a he